Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast. We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings and listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city to encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible. Good morning church, it is week six of our series Fresh Humanity and we're going to be continuing our reading through Ephesians. This week I'm going to be reading Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 in the NIV version and it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep and how high is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses all knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 Big thanks to Faith for reading those verses to us and a huge thanks to Jim. Uh, for facilitating us to serve God and uh, serve this city in that way. So that's incredible. If we haven't met before, my name is Ryan. And if you're joining online, we probably, we perhaps haven't met before. Uh, We're glad that you can make it today uh, in some way, shape or form. If you're afraid because, uh, and that's why you're online today, we we want you to know that we're so glad that you've tuned in. If you practically can't be here today, and that's why you've joined online, then we're glad that you valued the time. And uh, if perhaps you just can't be bothered, we would encourage you uh, to, to, to join us in person. Uh, we miss you and we love you and uh, it's not the same without you. Uh, we, we might not see all of your face without a mask on, but you are valued and you are recognized. Isn't that right? Come on. Well, we've, as Sharon has said, we're on this journey entitled uh, Fresh Humanity. And uh, it is coming to that time of year. The time of year, perhaps not the time of year that you think I'm going to allude to in this current moment. And I, I don't mean for me, I don't mean Christmas, but I do mean the time of year where you have to de-ice your car windscreen. It's getting to that time of year where you come out in the morning, you're in a rush, your hair is all over the place, your morning coffee spilling down your hand and you realize that you, yes, are going to be late to get the kids to school, or yes, you are going to be late to get to work on time, or yes, you aren't going to get to where you thought you were going to get to as quickly because you have to de-ice your car windscreen. And if you don't have a bottle of de-icer or a tin of de-icer or a can of de-icer in your boot, sadly, you have to turn the heating on and wait for about 45 minutes for your car windscreen to heat on its own. I don't think of this time of year as simply a de-icing time of year, that brisk kind of walking down the street and you almost land on your back and end up in A&E, because of the slippery ice on the road. I don't think of it necessarily like that time of year, but Stephen uh, Hamilton and I used to play football together and we were kind of eight or nine growing up. I think of this time of year as 9 a.m. kickoffs on a Saturday morning. That's what I remember them for. And if you played boys football or you played hockey or you played an early morning Saturday sport, you feel my 
pain. You have to, you get, you get woke up at 7 a.m. even though you've fought your way through school Monday through Friday with your P5 teacher in your face every single day. And now you've been woken up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. This was supposed to be your, your morning lion. And you have to get into a car with four other people, including an older man who thinks he's funny, and then your friends who all have blears in their eyes. Every one of you are knackered. Every one of you are exhausted. And you are on your way to some sort of remote village that happens to have a football pitch with no netting and the goalposts to play against this team that has grown men playing for it. That's the best way they can be described. They're supposed to be nine, but they have beards. They're supposed to be nine, but they, they talk with a deep voice. They're supposed to be nine, but they kick you up and down the pitch. And what happens if you, at nine years old, are built like me, is week in, week out, what happens to you is one of those 45-year-old men who claims to be nine years old playing at center back will knee you in the middle of your thigh and you will get a dead leg. Perhaps if you haven't played early morning sport, you've walked into your banister and you've got a dead leg. It's not quite stubbing your toe. It's not the same thing. A dead leg is much worse. You look at it, it feels like your leg is cut off at a point. You look at it, you look for the blood, you can't see it. You look for the bruise, you can't see it. You look for where is this gunshot wound that I've been hit with, you can't see it. But on the inside, Inside of your leg, you are in agony. Inside of your leg, you are in pain. Inside of your leg, it's that thing where you kind of want to laugh, but you want to cry and you don't know your emotion. Inside of your leg, something is happening and it is weakness taking place inside of your leg. You can't stand. You're not sure if you'll ever be able to walk again. Everything is all over the place on this. You're laid on your back at nine years old on this frosty, cold, white pitch in the middle of nowhere and you're not sure if you will get that leg back ever again. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> See, you look on the outside and you can't see anything, but on the inside, it's weak. On the inside, it's tender. On the inside, it's soft. On the inside, you're in pain, but on the outside, it looks fine. We've been on this journey entitled Fresh Humanity and these verses, seven verses that we're gonna read today, Paul is praying for the believers that they wouldn't be weak on the inside, that they wouldn't be in pain on the inside, that they wouldn't be soft on the inside, but instead that they would be strong on the inside. That it wouldn't be about what's going on on the outside, but on the inside that they would be strong. That on the inside that they would be resilient. That on the inside they would have the ability to endure. And isn't it true that sometimes in life it just hits us so hard that we are bruised on the inside. Now, I mean, <laughs> I know you don't show it on the outside. You come into church and you walk and you, okay, just get over it, just come on in. And your mask helps now. But truthfully, you limp your way in. Truthfully, you're, you're in much more pain than you let on. We can't really see it on the outside, but on the inside, you know how you feel. Paul's praying that these believers, that this fresh humanity would be strong on the inside, that they would have a resilience in them that helps them endure. We're gonna today, in the short time that we have together, process more of an idea than three separate uh, concepts, but more of a sentence, more of a phrase, more of 
more of a, a simple way for us to understand this text. And the first thing that I want you to see from these verses today is that you are getting fresher. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you're getting fresher. You're getting fresher. You're getting fresher. We're going to read Ephesians 3, 14 to 19, if you have a Bible. If not, there'll be one on the screen. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. We're going to press pause there. You are getting fresher. This, these verses, this prayer that Paul is praying is a mirror of what he's already said in Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. I keep asking that the, Lo the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at, the right hand, at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Think of these phrases, that you may know him better, that you may know what he's called you to, his incomparably great power for who? For you. That power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Paul's praying here that we mightn't necessarily be stronger with our muscles, that we mightn't necessarily be stronger uh, with our physical ability or our physical appearance, but that you might be stronger in your inner being. Another translation says inner self. Another translation says inner man. How much priority do we put on our inner being, right? How much time did you take to get ready this morning? Now, it depends on whether or not you woke up when your alarm went off. But perhaps, how much time did you take to get your inner being ready? Right, and that's not to discourage us, but it is to expose us. It is to help us think, actually, you know what? I didn't really think about that so much. I thought about whether or not this would go with that, but I'm not, my inner being, what do you mean? See, when we're gonna be strong on the inside, if we're to walk in the purpose of this prayer, that implies that you are getting fresher. Outwardly, mm, mm -mm. that's not the priority. Inwardly, that's the priority. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, get this, we're wasting away. Yet inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You are getting fresher. Perhaps 
it's received a different way, depending on your age in the room. But perhaps this morning you woke up and those joints felt a little bit stiffer than they did yesterday. Right? Let's just be, let's be honest with it. Perhaps uh, when you got into the shower, those hers that went down the plug hole, let's just be real, they're not coming back. <laughs> and there's, based upon the age and the generations, there's no guarantee that there are any more growing. <laughs> Big facts being spat out in the room, right? Let's perhaps agree that You've said for some time now that you need to stop doing that job because it's a bit laboursome and you need something that's a bit lighter. A bit lighter work, it's a bit too much for me. My back's a bit achy here. You have pains in places that you used to hear people complain about and wonder what that might feel like and now you feel it. Perhaps, let's agree and be really honest, perhaps you fell asleep after dinner a bit too early a couple of times this week. Outwardly, we're wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. You are getting fresher. It's funny because when you're not 18 yet, you just can't wait to be 18. Then when you turn 18, you want to stay 18. And you realize you're 58. And you have another birthday around the corner. But the guarantee for us from Scripture isn't that physically you'll be great, physically you'll be grand, physically everything will be fine and dandy. The guarantee is that inwardly you will be renewed day by day. The guarantee is that inwardly you will become fresher and fresher and more energetic in your inner man, in your spiritual being, in your inner self. But we place so much emphasis on the external. 1 Timothy 4, 8 says physical training is good, right? Get that. Because some of us, like I said to the guys in the 10 a.m. service, some, some of us will use this verse to have another piece of cake. Physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better. Much better. Physical training is good. It's not... It, there's no slander toward it. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Why is it much better? Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. You are getting fresher. For us to be strong on the inside, that means that we are getting fresher. Is that the purpose of this morning? See, if we were to leave just knowing that we're getting fresher, it would all feel a bit like, it would all feel a bit, woo, great. I get on with my great day. Why am I getting fresher? Why are you getting fresher? Why are you inwardly being renewed day by day? Why? What is the purpose to this prayer? Why is Paul praying this for the believers? Why is this something that we are, are to be walking into? See, you are getting fresher so that, Ephesians 3, 17, so that, so that, when you read so that in scripture, it's always to reveal a purpose. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Strong on the inside means that you are getting fresher so that Christ lives in you. Is Christ not all, already living me if I've professed to follow Jesus? Uh-huh, he does. 
let's put it like this. I look around the room, see some different renovation projects that have taken place. Some of us have got extensions. Some of us have moved houses. Some of us, trying to, I've still been trying to work out all morning if anybody's built their own house. I don't know, but you can maybe talk to me after if you have. I'm wild impressed. But uh, a few months ago, Laura and I uh, moved into a new house, right? The very first night, it was a Friday night, we got the keys in the afternoon. We went to see it uh, after UT Youth. And um, we went in, it was cold, it was wet, it was dingy, it was dark, it was even the thought of thinking about it makes me feel queasy, right? Like the street was like those orange street lights and I was like walking down, oh Lord, here we go. We opened the door, it was cold, it was empty, there was carpets, that was it, right? I was like, okay, here we go. There, uh, in, in the back, there was perhaps uh, an animal that, uh, there's no sympathy for it. It was a dead pigeon in the, in the back, right? So you can imagine the scene. We were walking around this. I felt highly, highly uncomfortable. Laura, meanwhile, was the cheerleader of the two of us. She was like, isn't this great? Isn't this great? Uh, inside, I was like, what is great about this? And then we, we all used that phrase, right? Well, at least it's ours. No, I would rather the pigeon was not my responsibility, right? Like, so we were walking around this thing. I was like, oh, goodness me. Went home that night. I was like, oh, it's great to see it. Can't wait to get stuff done to it. And I'm like, oh, Lord, just turn the TV on. I just want to sit here and cry. Like, I don't want to think about this whatsoever. But you know what? Over time, over time, uh, and it's been such a short space of time, the cushions are different. The floor's different. The kitchen's different. The bedrooms are different. Stuff in the bathroom is different. The living space is different. There's actually not that much now that was the same on that very first time that we went into it. See, now the hope is that when people are allowed to come to your house and all of that, you know, that they will they'll think, oh, this reflects you, it reflects your character, you know, it, it's, it smells like you, you know, it looks like you, that's if we smell good, of course, right? It's like, it smells like you and you're filthy, no thanks, right? You would hope that it would reflect us, that, that's been our goal as we've kind of changed the house and adapted the house and uh, like basically transformed it to the best of our ability in such a short space of time. Okay. So you think of that Friday night, that scene that I've just set, you allow your mind to go to that when you enter that house and you feel highly uncomfortable and you're not sure where to start. And you remember that time when you put your trust in Jesus and you began to follow him with your whole life and that is exactly what he entered. Something that did not reflect him whatsoever. Something that would probably be deemed as, hmm, don't want to be in that. Yet, when you're getting fresher, so that everything, he's changed your living room, he's changed your kitchen, he's changed your bathroom, he's changed your bedroom, he's changed your garden. He is changing you. You are moving from glory to glory, grace to grace. Why? Why? Because Christ lives in you. And ultimately, what's the goal? Year one, you're different. Year two, you're different. Year three, you're different. Year four, you're different. What is the goal of all of this that I'm just increasingly different? No, the goal of all of this is that at some point or other, It looks like him. At some point or other, you look like him. At some point or other, you smell like him. 
it feels like him. When people encounter you, they, oh, just feels like Jesus. It just feels like, it just feels like him. There's something about that person. They're just, and it is that you reflect Jesus. It is that you're getting fresher. You're strong on the inside, but Christ lives in you, Galatians 4, 19, oh my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. To be strong on the inside means that you're getting fresher. You're getting fresher so that Christ lives in you. And if Christ lives in you, the final thing that we see from these verses today is that you will never be the same again. You will never be the same again. Ephesians 3, 17 to 21. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and, ha- and, ha- and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God, which is quite simply not understandable for you or I. How do you know something that's unknowable? Really? Paul is praying this with the full knowledge of what he's saying, what he's penning, what he's praying. He's, he's leading us in a direction. So the first thing he goes towards is linear. How wide, how high, how deep, how long. He goes towards linear as in like it's not, you're not able to measure it. Well, how do you measure love? I love you lots. I love you so much. I love ice cream. (laughs) I love long walks at the beach. I love my new car. It's such a, we've diversified the word, right? So how do you measure love? He's exposing this to us. And then the second thing he goes towards is, is a paradoxical idea that you might know the unknowable. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm none the wiser. How do you know the unknowable? It defies cognitive belief. It's not something that we can understand. It's not, a, it's not logical. But yet it, it's experiential. The prayer isn't, Lord, I pray that they would love you more. Look at it. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and deep is the love of Christ. This isn't a prayer that you would love God more. It's a prayer that you would experience more of his love for you. For you. For you. I know what I've, no, 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 no that you would experience his love for you. Oh, I've experienced the love of Jesus a long time ago now, brother. Yes, amen. No, 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 no. You can experience more of it today. A different dimension of it. I've experienced all that. I've been around the block a few times, young gun. No, I know. I, like, I can appreciate that and honor that, but you can, experience, you can have a fresh experience of his love today. Today. This experience of his love is for what purpose? That you may be filled 
to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is a mirror image of Ephesians 4.13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in, knowledge, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God, that you might live, that you might dwell in the abounding, unending, unlimited, unconditional love of God in order that you might experience real, deep Christian maturity. That you wouldn't simply know this on a logical sense, but you would know this in an experiential sense. That this wouldn't be something that you are aware of, but this would be something you, you have experienced, you have encountered for yourself. And as you encounter that love for yourself, that that might produce in you real, deep Christian maturity in order that you would not be whacked back and forth by the wind and the waves, by the seasons of life. In order that what? You would be strong on the inside. Strong on the inside. If you're not grounded in the limitless love of God, you will not be a deeply mature follower of Jesus. AKA, if you don't, you won't. If you don't get grounded in his limitless love for you, get that. I'm not saying go and love God more. I'm saying experience more of his love for you. You know what that looks like? Give me more, Jesus. I'm open to you. If you experience that, then it is possible and it will become your reality to walk in real deep Christian maturity. But if you do not experience that, if you do not open yourself to experience more of his love for you, to, um, to actually receive of the love of Jesus, you cannot walk in deep Christian maturity, aka you will not be strong on the inside. This strength on the inside comes from knowing that you are loved unconditionally by God. Strong on the inside means that you're getting fresher so that Christ lives in you. And because Christ lives in you, you will never be the same again. Paul lands this prayer with a doxology, praise to God. Verses say in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. He's fixing our attention on imagination. He's pivoting our attention to imagination. Begin to trigger your imagination. Begin to allow you to dream of impossibilities. I remember what it was like when I used to go into lifestyle sports and say, I want that, and 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 I want that. I want all of this. Can I get all of it? And it was, I was serious. <laughs> At like 11 years old, I thought that I could possibly get everything in that shop and it wouldn't be a problem because I was not restrained or restricted in my imagination or the limited ability of my father so my imagination could run wild. In the same way, 
when you realize that actually your father is not limited, then your imagination can run wild. Then you can believe him for the impossible. We didn't, he didn't do it then. What's to say he's not gonna do it now? Well, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. True. But without a vision, people perish. So what do you believe in God for? This fresh humanity believes God for impossibilities. And you know what? He can do more. He can do more than the impossibilities that you've put down. He can do more than the impossibilities that you already have in your heart. You guys wanna join us? We're gonna respond to God in a moment. He can do more. He can do more in your family than you could imagine. He can do more in your mind than you can imagine. He can do more in your heart than you can imagine. He can do more in your emotions than you can imagine. He can do more in your health than you can imagine. He can do more in that troublesome family member than you can imagine. He can do more in your neighbor who's bothering you can imagine. He can do more. In every area of your life, He can do more. Not just more, but immeasurably more. Well, that sounds a bit, mm, sounds a bit God, right? If He couldn't, perhaps He wouldn't be God, but He can, so He is. He can do more. Now to Him, who is able to, to do immeasurably more than we could ask, think, or even imagine. Be glory. Be glory in the church. Forever, ever, ever. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts. Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram, at UT Belfast.